Hi, Karen. I am, as always, thrilled to see you today. Katie, it is always wonderful to see you. Happy Friday slash Monday, listeners. Yes. Happy Friday slash Monday slash we're deep into November. Oh, God. Yeah. God. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. It's okay. I'm thankful. I'm grateful. I am trying every night to say what I'm grateful for. That's something I'm like, it's something I've been doing for a while, but I kind of feel like it increases my mood because I do find that like when it gets cold, man, I kind of get the doldrums. Oh man. What is it called? Winter blues, the well, seasonal affective disorder, Yeah, the whole thing. Yes. No, like the sun not coming up until seven and then going down at six. No, not, not my favorite. No. And like this Sunday is going to be daylight savings. Ew. Okay. Can we talk about this for a second? Because first off, <laughs> I have a lot of feelings when it comes to daylight savings. Like what the actual fuck? Why is this a thing? It doesn't even make sense. I know that everyone, or I don't know about everyone. I can only speak for myself. I get really mad twice a year whenever daylight savings happens because I used to have a really big client of mine in Arizona and they don't experience daylight savings. Tyler and I have good friends that are in, or in not Illinois, in um, Indiana. They don't have daylight savings. Puerto Rico, Guam. There's a lot of places that don't, don't observe it. They, they're just like, yeah, no, they give the middle finger to daylight savings. Unfortunately, you and I are not those places. We are not in those places. And I feel like were it not for people joking about it, it's one of those things that would completely go over my head. Really? Like, I mean, like, oh, that it would happen and I wouldn't know. Oh yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, no, I have no idea why. I'm sure there are people listening who are like, well, actually, the film, according to the film resolve, that's great. If you know why, <laughs> please let us know on Instagram, email us at notokpod at gmail, one of the things, but like, I have no idea why. And it's one of those things that like sneaks up on me every year. And I'm just like, oh shit, right. It's the weirdest thing because it totally sneaks up on me. Like, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, if you were, I don't know, on vacation and you came back and you hadn't been near your phone for like a week or something, <laughs> you would not know that it was a different time. And I feel like there's this weird, it's like a, I don't know, like, it's like a signal that goes out about 48 hours before daylight savings. And it's like, dd 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 know that daylight savings is coming and then like it gets into your brain and then you're like fuck god i'm gonna be mad about this and then you're like okay whatever i'll set my clock and then it's over but like i kind of feel like it's not something that i think about consciously until it's almost there i don't know i i just yeah i'm with you well i'm just grateful that we fall back it's the springing ahead that pisses me off like you're gonna steal an hour of sleep from me how dare you such a pain in the ass. I kind of feel like there was a conversation during George W. Bush's reign. that, like, I don't know, his reign, but like, kind of. But anyway, like when when we did talk about like, let's stop this madness. Let's not do daylight savings. I swear I saw that in the in the news a few times, but maybe I'm making that up in my head. I don't know. I'm just not a fan. Maybe other people listening are like, daylight savings is the best thing. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, the only other thing I can say about it is check your smoke detectors. I feel like that's the other, like some fire safety organization every year at this time, like in the spring and in the fall, they're like, check the batteries in your smoke. Now's a great time to remember to check the batteries in your smoke detector. That's such a good idea. Like during daylight savings, it's like, oh, what else should I check every six-ish months? Yes. That's a good idea. 
Yeah. It's the batteries in the smoke detector are the worst because when they start oh, yeah. beeping and then like they just, anyway, yeah. The chirping. Just, the chirping. The yeah. chirping is real bad. <laughs> oh gosh. Anyway, daylight savings. So yeah, by the time this podcast comes out, we will have been through another cycle of falling back. Today's episode of Of Course I'm Not Okay, the podcast is brought to you by that stray hair that always sticks up, but not until you turn on your Zoom camera. Like you get ready and you look fine in the bathroom mirror, and then you sit down to the computer and you put on your Zoom camera, and that one hair, like I have dreads and it's just this one that like just does this thing. Brought to you by that. Thank you for listening. We also realized that we, this is our first episode since Halloween, and I'm curious about what you guys did. Yes. So Halloween was really fun. So our neighborhood in Bend is straight out of a movie set of like 1950s, you know, like leave it to beaver vibe of just like a ton of kids that none of whom are over the age of seven, but are also not like younger than three. And so they're really fun and they like run around screaming in our neighborhood all the time. And I don't know if I've mentioned this a long time ago, but there's like two competing lawn care businesses where there's the <laughs> men, the, the I was going to say men, the, the boy lawn care business and the girl lawn care business. And they very actively compete. And when we first moved here, they were very vocal to us knocking on our door, like several times a week saying like the weeds that you have outside can be pulled. And I was like, oh you're God. five. Like, I, was like <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that, but I was like, thank you for that. Like, what's your daily rate? I don't know. And then like, we never actually took them up on it. Cause I was like, this is child labor. And so like our neighbors across the street, they were like, yeah, before you moved here, we hired both of them to see how they were doing. And I just, <laughs> our neighbor, John, who lives across the street, he's like, I didn't feel good about having a four-year-old pulling my weeds. Oh and I was my like, God. This is not okay. So anyway, that's just a little vibe on my neighborhood. Very active. I mean, their parents apparently are okay with it, but Anyway, so for every single holiday, including Memorial Day, like thanks, well, I don't know about Thanksgiving, but like, you know, other holidays that have no snow, there are parades around our neighborhood. So we live on in a subdivision. And so the parade happens at 4 p.m. on whatever holiday it is. So 4 p.m. on 4th of July, 4 p.m. on Memorial Day, you get it. So anyway, so then they, um, so 4 p.m. on Halloween day there, it's well known. Like it's kind of like a whole thing where- there are, everyone comes out and there's like, I don't even know. I mean, probably 50, 60 people. And we're walking around our neighborhood. Like there's, I mean, hoping that there will be no cars that come by. And sometimes there are, and the cars like have to go way, way slower because obviously there's teeny little children, but, um, but yes. So Tyler was the same that he was last year. He was, he wore a unicorn onesie costume. It's basically just a snuggie. And so he feels, I think he just feels warm. So good for him. I did, as I was telling you a couple of weeks ago, I did, uh, wear my blow up, uh, unicorn costume. It was great. And oh it God. took forever to figure out how to turn, how to, how to turn on actually. It has eight double A batteries that like blow up <laughs> these, like the fans that are not really in the butt. They're more in like, um, okay. In the, the stomach region. I was going to say like the uteral region. <laughs> like that's like <laughs> two, the fallopian the area. Fallopian area. <laughs> 
area on on a unicorn to be exact <laughs> um, so yeah the stomach area has these two fans oh, oh my, my god. god okay wait <laughs> unicorn uterus is the name of something i don't know a hundred percent Today's episode of Of Course I'm Not Okay, the podcast is brought to you by my judgment of everyone who has any type of Christmas decorations out before Thanksgiving. Come on, people. Come on. I mean, you do you, but I'm judging you. So thank you, my judgment, for sponsoring this episode. So, okay, so I did wear it and I walked outside of my house and I got a size large because I was like, I don't know what Amazon sizes are when I buy this thing. Oh no, I should have gotten like XX small. Like I should have gotten like the smallest thing because it was honestly like nine and a half feet tall. Oh my God. I couldn't get like, I could not, I couldn't walk. I mean, I could walk, but I was like, I could, I could hardly see out of it. And so a lot of the kids like looked at me and like ran away. Like the really little ones, they were terrified. But then there was one little girl who she was like, oh, unicorns. And she grabbed my hand and did not let it go for an hour and a half. And we went trick-or-treating together and I don't know her, but it's okay because it had nothing to do with me. And so there was one more, there was one part of the trick-or-treating that I was walking around and I saw some of my friends and they had not dressed up at all. And they were just standing there on the street corner, like drinking beers. And I was like, Hey, and then we started, I was like, how was your last, you know, your vacation, you went to Peru. And they're like, we can't talk to you like this, like this is like <laughs> really awkward. I can't hear them very well because like the fallopian fans are like going so strong <laughs> inside. Like, Oh, it was a whole thing. Oh <laughs> it, was, my God. it was intense. So anyway, that was my Halloween. Um, And once I took that off, because we like had beers in our driveway afterward with some friends. And when I took it off, everyone was just like, oh, hey, it's as if I wasn't even there. It was like that, the, the, you know, the, the unicorn was someone different because they couldn't even see my face through it. And so, yeah, I know it's funny. Anyway, it worked out. How was your Halloween, Karen? That is hilarious. (laughs) Um, I did party hopping, which I haven't done in a long time. Ooh, that's And I feel like. Could possibly be a good segue. Let's see. Oh, listeners, another seamless, of course, I'm not okay segue potentially seamless. coming up. Um, one was Saturday. That was really fun. Um, at a friend's house. These were all fire pit parties. Like my friend's kid was there who was dressed as a unicorn. And then oh, wow. she left and all the adults just like sit around and had cocktails, which was super fun. And then I went to two parties in my neighborhood on Halloween. And, um, my costume, my costume Saturday was more ambitious than Sunday. I just put on every clashing piece of clothing I could. Like I have this like wild, right? Like wild bedazzled cat, like big cat sweater. I mean, it's just really ridiculous. That's amazing. With leopard print leggings. And I did my hair like combed over all crazy and terrible expired. I got like all of my expired makeup together and put it all on. (laughs) And I had a name tag in Italian that says, hello, my name is Karen. And people were like, oh my God, what are you? And I'd just be like, you're standing really close to me right now. So I'm going to film you and I'm going to have to call the police. (laughs) Do you have a manager? Yeah. Oh my gosh, Karen, that's amazing. It's just such, I mean, you just totally embraced like the worst. I did. 
yeah the worst version of the name that you were given that is a beautiful name but has been turned into something not so great so bravo for making it funny thank you thank you very much it was pretty fun um like speaking in that tone of voice was pretty fun um I will say I so Halloween was a Sunday I know better did I still drink too much I sure did I it was one of those things where like I got home and I was like I got a ride home from some very kind people I don't remember the ride home but I know I got one (laughs) and then I had to get up in the morning to move my car because they were cleaning the streets and I was just like I mean as an adult to have this feeling of like it's morning and I don't know if I'm okay to drive. Oh gosh. <laughs> I have slept and I still, yeah. That's the yeah, yeah, worst yeah. feeling. Oh, I was overserved. It was super fun. And um, I'm trying to think of the best. I didn't really see a lot of costumes. It was one of those things like, I love this neighborhood so much, but it's definitely like so much of Chicago. Like some blocks are like you're describing where there's just like a million kids everywhere. And some of them just have like all older people or whatever. And so my friends, a couple of them are like new to the neighborhood. And we're basically like chasing children down the street, all but pelting them with candy. Like, hey, (laughs) we have candy. Hey, like, we're like, no, you can't stand in the street and yell down the block at these children. Like, it's not not something you, because we could see the children in the next block over with all the decorations and the fire pit and all this cool stuff. That's where all the kids were. And my friend literally is like yelling. <laughs> That's amazing. That is amazing. Well, because it's yeah. like, you can't, it's hard to attract the kids for yeah. trick-or-treating. And it's also, it's so fun for the adults to like give the candy. Cause then you see all the happiness and like the smiles. But then if you buy all that candy and you uh-uh. can't get rid of it, oh, I can totally see like winding up and chucking a Snickers bar to fight. <laughs> you know, like that's totally... <laughs> I would be right there with your friend. <laughs> Thank God. I wouldn't throw the Snickers bars. I don't, what would I, mm, what is the weird new, three musketeers just like flinging them? Yes. Yes. Just get a slingshot. Like that would be amazing. <laughs> a police officer might not love that concept, but maybe if you had like a pack of Skittles, those would fall, mm-hmm. like those would hit the head of a child a little bit less hard. Yeah. yeah. In bag effect. I mean, I, I was like, not really dressed up on Sunday and I had people and I'm obviously a full-grown adult and I had people yell at me across the street like hey do you want some candy I was like <laughs> okay my friends just kept walking we're like no weird people we don't want your candy and I was like come on don't you feel bad for them we should yeah. take the candy so isn't that interesting because I feel like so in my neighborhood where I grew up in Michigan I when I grew up there it was like all kids so it was everyone I was like one of the older ones but it was mostly kids that were like my brother's age who's he's like two and a half years younger and so it was super fun until I was like in high school and then he was in high school and then since then it's there are no kids like hardly any and so my mom doesn't do any of that like she doesn't like she used to she used to get really really into it oh my gosh Karen one of the best (laughs) I know mom you're listening hello I'm so glad you're listening but like So one of the best times where I was young, I mean, I would have been like maybe sixth or seventh grade and my mom dressed up and I can't remember what she dressed up as like a witch or a mummy or something. And we had on our front porch, like a normal, like a, like a bench that was like always sitting there. And she looked like a fake, like a a mannequin, like a, like a something you'd buy at like the Halloween store. And (laughs) 
And she sat there and then she, the kids would come up all the way up, like right next to her, like an inch away from her face. Oh my God. And she would be totally a mannequin. And then she would scare the shit out of them. <laughs> and she would oh laugh so hard. And like, I think, I mean, it was really fun to watch because I was old enough to be like okay yeah that's that's her that's her jam but like at the same time (laughs) at the same time I think she eventually like there were a couple kids that cried and like you know she had to like take off her mask and be like it's me and then they would be like what like it's like (laughs) that's even worse you know like it's like oh my god like you're a person like it just there's so so much like yeah it's you can't get your mind around it but anyway I kind of love that about her and my grandma too my grandma would wear this really really creepy mask that was it was a clear mask which is really creepy and then it had like weird eyebrows and like weird eye makeup I can't even really describe it but like it actually looks like something from like Chucky or like something from like a legit horror movie and when you put like when you're looking at it in your hand you're like well this is nothing like what is like whatever it's like just clear plastic but then when you put it on your face it completely distorts your face but you can kind of still see your face anyway she she was she loved scaring the shit out of kids and like (laughs) like, which totally does not go with her personality at all like she was the nicest most kind wonderful human and like I thought it was kind of funny after a while I'm like damn like that's a dark side but I kind of loved it so yeah anyway I gotta embrace your weirdness I guess I mean full on and I mean maybe that's the evolution like maybe when you own a house the first year you're like chasing the kids down, pelting them with candy, trying to get them to take it. And then you just evolve into, I'm just going to scare the shit out of these little fuckers. <laughs> like, I don't know. Seriously. Oh my God. I wonder if any of the kids like peed their pants for my mom scaring them, but oh my God, that uh, is really good though. Oh my God. It's funny anyway. But uh, yeah, Halloween. I mean, some people don't really like Halloween, but like, I just, I've always liked Halloween. I was one of those people that I was a junior in high school going trick-or-treating and that probably was like a little much and so I had a few parents who probably weren't I mean they were probably in their late 20s not maybe not parents but like people who owned homes in this neighborhood that I went to and they were like you shouldn't what do you know no <laughs> and I'm like, Just, no that's fair that's fair I don't know when did you age out of trick-or-treating I mean I think I also went like way later than I should have but the thing is like you're the closer as a high school kid, you're coming like later oh, and all the little, little kids. Right. And like, yeah. Families who want, don't want all that left, left of her candy in their house. Just give it all to you. Exactly. I, I don't think there's anything wrong. Totally. You're doing a public service, a public service of getting like a full size Hershey bar, which is one yes. thing that like was never a thing until there was one house in my neighborhood growing up such a major tangent on my neighborhood but like basically we called it the funeral home because this house looks like a full-on funeral home like it's like super ugly it's horrible anyway but they clearly like to spend a lot of money at Halloween and so you get full-size candy bars and I never got that anywhere and so we would try to like go a few times and they got pretty mad about it but you know (laughs) when I was 16 I think I just aged out after that I was like I can't do this anymore so I'm just sad I want to well, and I, I feel like actually I aged out of trick-or-treating, but then my high school had a masquerade dance. So then oh. we still got to do costumes. Yes. Oh, that's so cool. It was fun. What was it? Red? Is it the Red Rose Masquerade Ball? Oh my God. The, I mean, literally that was 30 years ago, but it was Okay. Fun. That's so awesome, Karen. Like you were wearing yes. like one of those masks, like, like a Venetian, like mask, like you like hold on. Oh, uh, I'm calling it a masquerade. It was just a costume. 
dance. Oh, got it. Okay. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Work- it was- oh, so you wore costumes around Halloween for this. Yes, exactly. Yes. My high school had a dance. It was a costume dance. You didn't have to have a date. Unlike what dance was that? Turnabout? I forget. <laughs> now it's all coming back to me. So my high school in the mid to late nineties, I guess I graduated in the early nineties. Never mind. So you had to have a date for the dances. What? I think it was homecoming or turnabout. These girls like had like decorate, had like these four friends, like were on the decorating committee, decorated the gym or the multi-purpose room, whatever the fuck we called it back then. And went home and changed clothes and came back. And because they didn't have dates of the opposite gender, they got turned away. Oh, oh. yeah. I, I'm speechless wait you're totally you're i'm dead serious serious. they literally the assistant principal told them well you're just going to steal somebody else's date we can't have you in here (laughs) i shit you not and it was such a fucking ruckus that they changed the rule so like this whole panel of us went to prom together the following year but or maybe even like later that same year but yeah yeah no shit at my high school in the 1990s, you could not go to certain dances if you did not have a date of the opposite gender. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so horrible. I mean, talk about how many therapists are talking to people in their 40s and 50s right now about that. That's horrible. That's seriously, that's really horrible. That like makes me really angry actually. Oh, I mean, I mean, the amount of outrage and it's so funny that like, my class, my era of students was the first one that was like, what the fuck? That's you know what awesome. I mean? Like, yeah. But I mean, Homewood Flossmer High School up until that point, everybody was like, oh, well, yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Oh my God. Like nobody questioned it. Nope. Well, your graduating Worth- class sounds awesome. You're pretty good. I mean, for real, like that is such bullshit. Oh like I... I don't remember in, in my high school, it was definitely, there was definitely like a turnabout dance, like a Sadie Hawkins situation where you asked the other person, but like, also that's so fucked up now thinking about it. Like that's so horrible. And it's like also because gender anyway, it's just, yeah. I mean, I definitely remember in my high school, people going as friends, people of the same gender going as friends. Um, and there was never a rule around it. Um, that's just so interesting. It sounds like what was yeah. that? What is the movie with the Kevin Bacon movie? Flashdance or Footloose or whatever? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Not I'm picturing dance. Kevin Bacon in that scene when she pulls the cord in the yes. water. <laughs> Today's episode of Of Course I'm Not Okay, the podcast is brought to you by delegating, but still wanting to control everything. That is my life. My Control Issues are a big sponsor of this podcast. So thank you, Delegating, for sponsoring this episode. Yes. Oh, my God. Wow. So my, not my high school, but uh, my college roommate's high school, the Turnabout Dance. So Turnabout or Sadie Hawkins, her high school called it Twerp. I shit you not. That was the official name. Twerp, the woman is required to pay. Oh my gosh, there are so many things that just oh straight God. up do not hold up from the 90s or the 2000s Ooh. or like 2017 probably. But like yeah. that really is not okay. Like that the woman is required to pay. Yeah, Damn. the dance. Yeah. 
Oh, man. Ouch. 90s. 90s. I mean, (sighs) oof. I just feel like there are so many things, though, that don't hold up over time, unfortunately. Like, like that, especially, but also like movies, TV shows. There are so many things, Karen, that like, I feel like we can't watch from five years ago. Like, I just. Oh, yeah. I think about that all the time. Really? I think, yeah, I think about it all the time. Like, yes, how far we've come and how much social, like how much pop culture I enjoyed that now I can't ever revisit. And like my, a friend, a a colleague yesterday was talking about how her daughter's in high school and they're, it's musical season and they're doing Annie. And I just thought like, Ooh, I don't, can you do that? Like I'm the plot of Annie, pretty dark. Some of the songs, pretty bad. Like uh, Broadway what? musicals, I don't know about that. Oh God, wait. Okay, so hold on. Let me refresh. So Annie, she, I remember Daddy Warbucks. She's an orphan, <laughs> and that's about it. Oh, and she wears a red dress. So what is the right. what is the plot of Annie? Like, well, so first of all, we were talking about Daddy Warbucks, and another colleague who's super young was like, Daddy Warbucks is that a nickname? Like, first of all, that's the character's name. Oh my God. Daddy Warbucks. Yeah. Totally right. Like let's start there. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. She's an orphan in an orphanage. So there are all these songs with the kids in the orphanage. Yeah. Then she gets, oh my God. <laughs> There's, I'm trying to think of the villains. One of the villains names is Rooster. It's super problematic. Like people basically kidnap her to get access to this money that she's inherited, I think. Oh yeah, that's what it is. I mean, Carol Burnett's fantastic in that movie. Don't get me wrong, but like. Still, oh, oh my gosh. Is that Tim Curry? My sister's listening to this going, yes, of course that's Tim Curry. Wait, who is it? <laughs> <laughs> there are so many themes though that don't hold up. I mean, I watched like some movies from a few years ago and I'm like, why is there not more ethnic diversity, gender diversity, all of it in like the stars of different things. Like I, I even now, Karen, I watch, like I actually got really, really upset. So the morning mm-hmm. show on Apple TV plus. So that show is interesting. Have you ever watched it? No. Okay. So it's Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon are the, the two people that are at the helm of it. But basically it kind of largely editorializes, but it's basically the story of Matt Lauer. And like his firing from the Today Show and like his sexual transgressions and all of that um, on steroids. Like it's like way, you know, but, and, and there are really interesting themes and it really does try to push a lot of envelopes about like what's going on in culture right now. But no one as part of like the marquee names are anyone but who's like white and super rich and really already famous. And it's like gross. And I just, I just think that like, there's something to be said for like laziness, like, come on. Like, that's just fucking lazy. Like there's weight. Like that's how I feel about all casts now. And that's how I feel about all um, like themes. It's like, why is this, like, why does this story need to be told right now? Why, you know, what producers are green lighting? What, like what Anyway, I just, I have a lot of, it just bothers me. Oh my God. This is at least another three episodes because I feel exactly the same way. People want home runs. They want shows that they know are going to be profitable and they're not going to take a risk on the gazillion other voices and stories there are in the world. Totally. 
Like we get so happy about these tiny strides and it's like, oh my God, there are so many stories we are not telling. And yet we tell the same one over and over and over again. Like really Gilmore girls, did we need to revisit you? I don't know about that. Totally. Totally. So many stories we're not telling. I completely agree. And it's like, I feel so, I mean, I'm a huge fan of the crown. Like I do like the crown. I think it's great. But like how many miniseries can we focus on the British royal family? Like what about royal families or different families from other parts of the world? What about like, like I would be so interested to learn about other cultures, but it's like that still is the like primary narrative. What the fuck? Come on, Netflix. Like this is, or whoever, but like it's annoying. Yes, this could be, this could be another three episodes for sure. I feel like I'm on a soapbox. Oh my God. The last thing I'll say before we do finally get into our theme listeners is that, um, my, one of my coworkers avatars on Slack is, um, Kristen Stewart as Diana. Oh yeah. I haven't seen that. Oh my God. But it's been that for months. And so now that that movie's out, somebody else on Slack was like, oh, finally, this makes sense to me. You'd zoom in on it. You're like, what even is this? Yeah, no, it's uh, that main image that you're seeing everybody of her. And I think she's in red. She's wearing a hat with like a veil thing over it. Anyway, it's very oh. styling. Yes, Kristen. So there is a new movie about Princess Diana and Kristen Stewart. Stars as her. And I have to admit that I kind of want to see it. I kind of want to see it too. See? This yes. is, but this is like, I don't want to say it's the brainwashing. It, I think it's like, it can be a both and situation. Like totally. there needs to be equal representation. Yes, it's interesting. I think the British royal family is endlessly interesting. I know that Queen Elizabeth was hospitalized last week and like, I'm like, oh, oh God, like she's 95. She's apparently out now, but still it's like, I'm interested, but I'm equally interested in other cultures. So why not like give them some voice? Nope. Yeah. yeah. And I also want to see the Diana movie. <laughs> slash uh, long through that. i know um yeah. uh so our seamless segue is gone <laughs> we're gonna have to drag us back put a pin in that i do think yes the representation conversation we could have a million different kinds today's episode is brought to you by your inability to not have mute on even 20 months into the pandemic. You're muted. I can't believe I'm still hearing it. Thank you for listening. So going back to my busy Halloween weekend. Yes. And you're a busy Halloween weekend, it sounds like. Yes, very. Um, The theme is based on a conversation I had with a colleague yesterday. Um, I will not name them just just because, but you know who you are if you're listening, but um, who said something about, we were talking about, we were talking shop about work and we had like all gone off after work and two coworkers were talking about like, oh, it's okay that that meeting that they were going to meet up to co-work together in person. Oh, that's okay. We canceled that. I had to make sure that my social fuel tank was full enough to come out tonight. And I was like, social fuel tank, like said it so matter of factly. And I was like, is that a thing? Social it fuel tank never is heard of a this. thing. Never heard it before. It is totally a thing. I mean, I'm endlessly interested in this concept. Yeah, especially because we're in the middle of a pandemic, and I have felt my social fuel tank be below E and then above full, and 
in between and then all over the place and the oil is splashing everywhere. Gas, I don't know. <laughs> right. Oh my goodness. Okay, so I'm going to find this study. So there was a study, I guess, at the beginning of the pandemic of college students. Um, I'm going to say this researcher's name wrong, so I'm not going to say it. But so conducted the study with college students, and it was around this idea of a social fuel tank. And I am reading it from an interview with her where she describes it. So, okay. In terms of social needs, we have a social fuel tank. This tank helps us understand if we are able to get to our destination. The destination being positive mental health outcomes, like feeling satisfied with our lives, having positive self-image and feeling accepted by others. I love that. I love that. Like this is all in service of us feeling good. Like that's like having a full social fuel tank can help us feel good. I think what's really interesting about this, and I so appreciate you bringing this up, Karen, because you sent me that like article about it. And apparently it's definitely part of like the mental health vernacular that I've never heard before. But I also feel like it's just so interesting to me what a social fuel tank can mean for different people. And then it doesn't have to mean the same thing for everyone. So like, I think one of the things that's so fascinating about this research that you sent me was that some people get it from, like they can fill their social fuel tank from seeing family, friends, romantic partners, whatever. Um, and then other people get it from watching a television show where they identify with some of the main characters or listening to a song on, you know, their Spotify that like really brings them back to like a calm, safe, you know, feeling good place. Um, and that neither of them are wrong. It's like, there's introverts, extroverts, people on the spectrum of that, like ambiverts, people in the middle of it, whatever, like you can be an introvert, you can be an extrovert in different situations. And, um, it's just fascinating to me that there's like at least language around the concept of a social fuel tank. Yes. I love it also. And I, yes, I love this idea that like there are more, there's more than one way to fill your social fuel tank, just like you're describing. And it's helpful to have language, like the, exactly the way my coworker used it. Like I got to make sure my social fuel tank is okay because she knew that she was like going to be out with a bunch of us. And it was going to be this very social experience. Like I feel like monitoring it, knowing that it's something and knowing that you can monitor it is also really important. Like totally. Yeah. I also think that that might be like trial and error, at least for me, because I think of social fuel tank where I'm like, okay, it's basically just my energy levels. Like, I feel like I definitely have this conversation with Tyler sometime where sometimes where I say like, I'm at zero, like, I'm just, you know, I know we've talked before about like trying to get above 51% before I'm like gonna, you know, before above 70 or whatever it was. I can't remember a couple episodes ago when I was talking about wanting to have my energy high enough to be able to interact with people. And I feel like I struggle to figure out like, like the word social fuel tank, like the word social in social fuel tank. Sometimes I think that that means I just need to be actually physically social, talking to people and giving to people. And I don't think that's actually what this means. Like it's kind of your own socializing with yourself. It's like the, like the barometer of like how your mental health is impacted by different experiences. It sounds like. Yes. And that you like, I think it's interesting because I think you're right. And I think in that context, the social means like your ability to feel like you belong somewhere and your sense of human connection and that you can achieve that 
without actually interacting with other humans. Like, yes, I feel like unfortunately the pandemic forced everyone into it, like everyone into the same, no, like self-isolation, no contact that. And I think that is obviously really dangerous, but I think it's interesting to think like in normal times, there are ways that you can get some kind of sense of belonging, get some kind of sense of connection, feel like you are part of the universe in some way without actually having to go to three parties in a weekend. Totally. I mean, this kind of goes back to like social media, frankly, like there's definitely moments where I will be on Instagram way too much, but there are, and then I'll feel totally depleted. And then there are moments where like a five minute, you know, scroll on Instagram actually does make me feel better because I'm direct messaging some of my close friends and I'm like, oh my gosh, I love this post or I do whatever. And it's like, that actually does make my social fuel tank you know, replenished. And so I think it's almost like a trial and error situation, at least for me to figure out what will fill it in different times, because there definitely are moments where I will be hyper, hyper social for like two or three days and I'll feel awesome and I'll feel amazing. It will be so great. And then I'll just like the whole week, I'll be like, oh, that was such a nice, whatever I did. And then there will be moments where I go, go to one dinner with like somebody else and I will be depleted for like five days. And I just don't know what the I guess I, I need to like test my own. Maybe I need to journal about this or like test the waters on what Ooh. makes me feel good. Oh, I love that. That's great to be able to identify patterns. Like, I mean, and it might just be like something mundane, like something you ate. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I feel depleted. Cause like I'm allergic to that thing. Like <laughs> would be fascinating totally. to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I also think for me, my social fuel tank is filled by certain people and mm. I know that's just true. Like, it's like, and then there are some people who I think it's just crystallized through the pandemic where like when I walked into the pandemic and I had this very large community of people specifically in the Bay area where I would see them kind of nonchalantly regularly. And like, it was kind of like not really an intentional thing and like, you know, at parties or whatever. And then throughout the pandemic, that list of people got smaller and smaller. And now I'm like, yeah, I'm, it's pretty small. And it's like, I think that because it's not even like a hit on these people. Like it really actually has nothing to do with them. It's just how I react around. I don't know. Like maybe it does. I don't know. I feel bad saying that. Like, I'm just, I'm not trying to be a hater, but I gotta be careful with my time. I mean, that is real. And we all do, especially in these difficult times. And I think it is interesting to think about like, I mean, there are just people like we've talked about, like being around people who light you up or being around your favorite people or people who make you feel really good and thinking about it in terms of a social fuel tank, like, okay, you replenish my social fuel tank. You just take it down to beyond E, right? Like totally. So you pop just... a hole in the bottom of it. <laughs> <laughs> you siphon it off. You are the one with the Burger King cup trying to siphon all the fuel out. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Not mm. my jam. I know. Totally. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I loved about the psychology today article that you sent me, um, was in the very end of it, it was talking about how people can have different experiences of filling their social fuel tanks and that there are such societal expectations of what will fill it. And so like, basically it t- talked about how, um, I'll just quote. So we live in, this is one of the, um, the people who created the study. We live in a society where people are questioned if they're not in a romantic relationship, if they decide not to have children, or if they don't like going to parties. 
so basically he says that the, his next quote is there are implicit messages in those things that these people are doing something wrong and that can be detrimental it's like not wanting to have kids not wanting to be in a romantic relationship not wanting to socialize you can still have a full social fuel tank like it's just interesting to kind of like this is such a extroverted society like that's the version of humanity that people want and it's like that's not always the true statement for everyone yeah and we're so one size fits all we're mm-hmm. so like this is the standard this is the norm you have to do things this way we have decided that this is the way you do things and i am so grateful to the younger generations who are like yeah no it's so much for that yeah no fuck that totally like, and yeah i really i appreciate shaking that up and it reminds me i have a friend who will say like I have a day tonight with my couch, like, yes. you know, like sets aside time. Like I know Friday night, I'm just going to stay in and this is what I'm doing. And so when people ask her like, oh, what are you doing? And she says, oh, I'm going to stay in. Oh, well, you're not doing anything. You can come over. Like, no, no, that is a, pl- those, those are plans. Yeah. I have plans with the couch. That is a plan. Yes, 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 yes. I am dancing because that is amazing. Like talk about boundaries and talk about like, Oh God. I mean, that just, I feel like I can just like let that wash over me because that is just, there's so much permission giving in that statement. And like, I have a date with my couch. I have a date with Outlander. I have a date with whatever Netflix show hopefully has good social etiquette and is self-aware. I don't know how many of those there are, but you know, anyway, I have a date with that. And the whole idea that like, just because it looks like you have time or you're available doesn't mean that you're actually available to do things with other people. Like that's okay. It doesn't, Absolutely. it doesn't feel like that a lot. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Did I drunk text you a photo of my friend's Outlander coaster? Oh my gosh, you did. <laughs> yes. Jamie Frazier. Thank you for doing that. I'll have to make it my screensaver. I really appreciate that. So you went to someone's house and they just had a random coaster of Jamie Frazier? Oh, they had more than one. Wow. I need to hook up with these people. Like we need to have a fan club together. Right. They have like a (laughs) set of them. Oh man. Mm, So glad I just remembered that. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yes. Yeah. (sighs) I think the couch. Date with the couch. I think there's like societal, I don't know, like there's societal shame around this, Karen. Like there really is. Like, I just, I think I find that, you know, I think I find that if I really am honest with myself, I'm not as extroverted as I come off at all, like not even close. And there are moments where I am like, and I'm like on and I feel great, but then there are moments where I just want to be quiet. And honestly, those moments are more often than not. Like, have you noticed anything that you've noticed about your, or have you noticed anything about yourself in terms of that? I definitely have. Yes, I've definitely enjoyed not having to, I mean, like, I think we've talked about like the constant network, terrible networking events and all of these things. Like, I don't miss that stuff. And what's been interesting for me is like being more social and realizing how socially awkward all of us are. Like we're, you know what I mean? Like the social graces, those wheels have fallen off. And like, I feel like it's, there's some stops and starts, I feel like to my interactions with people And it's almost refreshing how awkward everybody is. Cause I feel like I was always like super awkward teenager, super awkward, like whatever in life. And now it's like, oh no, we're all, this has leveled the playing field. Like we're all fucking up at this. Like, oh, totally, totally. All of us are just kind of staring 
at each other waiting for the leave meeting sign or the leave meeting <laughs> button and then we're like oh shit we're actually sitting across the table physically with people it's like oh god oh my god <laughs> It's so awkward. I mean, it would be awesome for all of us to like embrace our awkwardness and like talk about it because that would make it less awkward. But then it just continues being awkward. I don't know. It's, yeah, the struggle is real. The struggle is real. And, you know, I mean, I feel like an- another whole episode is on small talk. We've talked a little bit about small talk, the danger, like the difficulties of small talk during the time when we were all just like running into grocery stores and trying to run out and the cashier's trying to make small talk and you're like, no. Nah. Ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> don't breathe on me right. three masks yes. exactly we're not we're not talking about what I bought I want to get out of here totally but yes now like the like party small talk is also something that I was like not really ready for luckily I know a lot of journalists journalists we all just interview each other like they're oh, really easy perfect. to talk to do you know what I mean like yes we all just interview each other all the time but yeah I definitely had some very stilted like Oh, I'm going to go um, refill my drink. It's full. I know I'm going to get a cherry. <laughs> I've definitely had that. I was at a party on Monday night and like there were a few people that I knew and I kind of stuck like glue to those people. But then when I was like stuck with other people, I was like, Hi, I'm going to go to the bathroom for the third time in three minutes. Like I'm going <laughs> to. And I try to act like I'm not awkward. That's the worst. It's like, maybe if I just embrace my awkwardness, it would be fine. But I try to act like, oh, everything's cool. Like I'm so like, you know, whatever. I'm just chilling with my rosé and my, you know, like my cheese plate, like this is great. And inside I'm just like, what is the next thing that I can talk about? Shit, I don't know. And then I'm like, I'm not in the moment. Anyway, that's not filling my social fuel tank. I forgot the word, (laughs) but back to the social fuel tank thing. I do think, that one thing that I want to try, Karen, in the next week, if I can remember, is to like make a tally sheet or something on like things that are filling my fuel tank energetically and like things that aren't. Maybe like a, you know, a side-by-side Ooh. chart of some sort and like just giving it a shot. And like, I think I might be kind of surprised, frankly, on some of the things that fill it and some of the things that don't. And then maybe that can be somewhat of a template or something in the future. Ooh. That's a great idea. All right. I'm also doing this. And, you know, I think we mentioned, I know you mentioned watching movies or TV shows where you connect with the characters, music by artists you like. The researchers also said like playing games. Like, I mean, I'm not a gamer, but I feel like that, that also counts. Like there are all kinds of activities where you're like not necessarily interacting with the person gaming. I know you are, but, or like interacting with human emotion, I think even. Yes. Yes, totally. And not making it wrong. Like that's whatever it is. It's fine. You're not hurting anybody. You're good. Right. And I think, I think it, it also really helps me think about like why so many of my friends are so into pop culture and so into like, I just don't watch television. You know this, I watch YouTube videos, which counts. It hundred percent counts. As it turns out, it totally counts. Maybe that's why I like YouTube better. It's more person to person, but Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. Like makeup tutorials. Like it's kind of like they're sitting in front of you being like, this is how you apply the mascara properly. Or I'm not actually sure what, what they do on makeup tutorials. Do they talk about mascara? I would assume. Oh my God, Katie, every product you can imagine. I mean, I've watched some of these people put on like 30, literally 30 different products on their faces. Wow because they got a cleanser, the 
toner, the moisturizer, the primer for all the different parts of their face. Like, oh yeah, no, it's fascinating. That is so fascinating. I've never watched one of those, but I did watch (gasps) one of the stars of back to Apple TV plus, which we're not being sponsored by and we should be, but Ted Lasso, this woman, Mm. Hannah Wadsworth, I think is her last name. Anyway, she has like the most beautiful clear skin and Vanity Fair did like a YouTube video of her talking about what her skincare routine was. And I am so captivated that three weeks later, I'm like, I should go out and buy this crazy expensive shit. And I'm like, I'm I'm kind of honestly thinking about it. Oh yeah. No, that, that's a rabbit hole. It is such good. And it's so, it's such brain candy. I think it's Vanity Fair. They have a whole series of these. Really? Yes. So there's one with Rihanna where she uses all of her own products. Oh, they have one with one of the drag queens. I like whose name I can't think of right now. The one who does the tongue pop y'all are going to yell me. Oh my God. Oh, Alyssa Edwards. Yes. So some, so they have a series of like people doing their routine and then one of the drag queens I follow, Trixie Mattel, they have her undoing her drag. Oh, wow. Right? And like all of the, right. Watching all of this melt off her face. Anyway, it's so good. But yeah, no, it is. That is how they get you to buy shit. Well, do you often buy stuff from these makeup tutorials? Cause I would want to all the time, or maybe you just I... do it for entertainment value. Mostly entertainment. I have definitely, I mean, it works like these brands that pay these influencers all this money to make these videos, it's worth it. I have a thousand percent bought things. I, at some point I was going to add them up. I've bought makeup palettes. I've bought mascaras. I've bought candles from these people. Like I definitely have bought stuff based on my YouTube watching and I support some of them on Patreon. That's amazing. Yeah. You're in their community. You feel connected to them. Yes. Yeah. I love I absolutely adore the Patreon thing because yeah, they make exclusive content just for Patreon and like you get to interact with them in a totally different way. It's really cool. That's brilliant. That's so smart. And like, and they're getting something out of it too, because you're paying them a monthly fee. Like that's amazing. Yes. Wow. Well, listeners, thank you for listening. Keep us posted on how you fill your social fuel tanks. Um, Feel free to just tweet us or Instagram DM us or you know, all the ways to get in touch with us. I'm actually really interested in how people fill their fuel tanks. I know. Yeah. So anyway, but we'll see you all next week.